Yes. Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show offers listeners firsthand insight into starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people. Connect with Carrie through her candid, often funny, and informative weekly blog where you'll read and make comment on life as a wife, mother, daughter, and entrepreneur. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, Chris. Like Chris said, I'm Carrie McCoy. Oh, thank you, Bob. That's my guest today. I usually do that for them, but he's doing it for me. I would dance, but I can't. <laughs> I bet you have to cut a rug a few times. Yes. So you just heard from my co-host, Chris. Hello. And I want to say we also got another person here with us today who's going to make this show happen, and it's Jason Malik from Arise Studios in Conway, Arkansas. And if you're sitting at your computer right now, you might want to watch us live on flagandbanner.com's uh, Facebook page. I've put the .com on the Facebook page. Uh, on the Facebook account, flagandbanner.com's Facebook page. It's kind of fun to see what goes on behind the scenes. And as always, a lot's going on today. If for some reason you miss any part of today's show or want to hear it again, there's a way and Chris will tell you how. Listen to all UIYB past and present interviews by going to flagandbanner.com and clicking on radio show. Also, by joining our email list or liking us on Facebook, you'll get a reminder notification the day of the show with a sneak peek of that day's guest. Back to you, Carrie. Thank you, Chris. This show up in your business with Carrie McCoy began as a platform for me, a small business owner and a guest, to pay forward our experiential knowledge in a conversational way. Originally, my team and I thought it would appeal to entrepreneurs and want to be entrepreneurs, but it seems to have a wider audience because, after all, who isn't inspired by everyday people's American-made stories? It's no secret that successful people work hard, but another common trait is underneath their exterior is the heart of a teacher. They're good at communicating and paying forward their knowledge. Another discovery I find interesting is that most of my guests have a spiritual bent. They believe in a higher power, thus enabling them to be risk-takers. And last, this next discovery really caught me by surprise, and it actually makes me feel good about myself, that business in of itself is creative. My guest Today is all of the above. It is Mr. Bob Robbins. Yes. He, yes, he needs no introduction because he's a DJ legend in Little Rock, Arkansas. For 51 years, this man has come into our homes and automobiles as the friendly on-air personality Bob Robbins. 23 of those years was on the country music station Kissin', and today he has followed his classic country music passion to the Wolf, home of country legends, which he fits in perfectly with. Mm -hmm. Bob's compassion for people is palpable and may be rooted by his own experiences. His early life was not an easy one. Orphaned at the age of 10, separated from his siblings, and adopted by a family with an Air Force career, he moved a lot. At the age of 14, while living in Morocco, that's in North Africa, he landed his first radio gig and was hooked. Y'all, that's the age 14. Once out of school, he joined the Navy. It wasn't until 1967 when Bob heard about a job opening on KAAY in Little Rock, Arkansas, that he moved and began his illustrious career here in the state, the land of opportunity, Arkansas. While still DJing for Kissin' by day, Bob and his partners, Bill MacArthur and James Nelson, decided to take advantage of the new country craze sweeping America and opened a venue in southwest Little Rock on I-30 that could rival the Urban Cowboy Club in Dallas, Texas, or I think it was Houston, Texas. They called this new business BJ's star-studded honky-tonk. In 1982, this decision proved almost to be Bob Robbins' undoing. Competitor, another Bob, Mr. Bob Trout, owner of the country club where Bob Robbins had once worked, became incensed at the new competition in, in town and hired a hitman to put an end to Bob Robbins and the BJ honky-tonk by hiring a hitman to either kill him or make it so he would never talk again wow bob survived and the rest of the story is what books are made of it is a pleasure to welcome to the table a man named broadcast personality of the year by the country music association the people behind the cmt awards the legendary dj mr bob robbins thank you gary can you believe thank that's you. all you well 
yeah you know i'm honored i, I really am first of all though i want to i want to brag on you you know it was a, a gift to become a friend with you with uh, arkansas flag banner thank and you the many things that you do and have thank done you. and continue to do for this community yep, thank you you're welcome i've thank enjoyed you. it we've every i'll just tell everybody every friday every fourth of let me get this straight every flag day mm-hmm. we hand out flags together on the i heart parking lot mm-hmm. to passer buyers and any other time we need them we holler carrie <laughs> <laughs> and bless her heart she's always there are you sure chris i turned you down for uh, job well you know why you didn't turn I've me down watch it. okay he's good isn't he uh, very good so, I was feeling bad let's tell the that. listeners while before we came on the show i was uh Chris told me that he once applied for a job where Bob Robbins worked and said, I didn't get hired. So I was giving Bob a hard time about not hiring Chris. Well, but he, he, I don't think he had the, the, the final say. Yeah. I just applied for it. And I didn't. Well, <laughs> he, was, he was just a worker <laughs> bee like everybody yeah, else. Right. I, mean, right. I started to say you were the one and the only Bob Robbins, but that no. is actually not true. No. Tell everybody about how you got that name. Well, the way I actually got the name when we moved from Georgia to uh, Little Rock to K-A-Y, they wanted me to take a name of a person that had been killed in a accident. And I said, mm, you know, I'm a little superstitious. <laughs> Didn't want to do that. And uh, everybody that I spoke with just spoke really high of this man and really liked him a lot. So with uh, Wayne Moss and uh, Pat Walsh, who was Pat was the general manager and Wayne was the program director. And in those days, those guys really did, as they said, program director programmed and manager managed. And anyway, we had a discussion about the name, my legal name, they didn't want me to use. And uh, so part of my legal name is Bob. And uh, we sat around and talked and they threw this back and that back. And finally, Wayne said, well, your, your real name is Bob. And uh, we had a Robbins, and he's been gone for a while. Why don't we just name you Bob Robbins? Well, as it turned out, the fellow that was killed also, his air name was Robbins. So I said, that'll be okay. You know, at least I'm not called his full name. And so that's how Bob Robbins began. I don't think anybody would ever know uh, you as anything else. You answered that pretty darn good. Well, you know, it's funny you say that. I very, very seldom really answered to my real name it's doesn't it. feel like you anymore Bob robbins is my real name 51 years it's been your real name yes. you were born in florida right. your father died when you were how old uh dad died when i he died in uh june i was born in may so i was just pinch over a month and uh, he was a busy man in his life and had several children and i was the baby of 13. wow so uh, he was older uh, not real though like I said, he just stayed busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, my mama, she, uh, of course, took over and kept us all together. And we moved to a little place in Alabama. And uh, she remarried. And uh, I had a stepfather. And uh, we, were, we were farmers. Uh, farmed uh, uh, sharecroppers on a piece of land that was owned by the druggist. And... Uh, that's how we survived until I was 10 years old. And uh, when I turned 10, my mother died. And, uh, you know, that was, a, that was a tough time. And no matter how old I get, when I talk about that, it's still tough. But uh, I was 10 and uh, my mother passed away from a cerebral hemorrhage and it was on Christmas Eve. And uh, so we went along there for just a little while after f- the funeral and all that. And uh, I was, uh, some people came out and talked to me from, uh, I don't remember the agency, but anyway, they came out and talked to us. And my brother and I, his name was Ben, and uh, talked to us about maybe moving and becoming someone else's children you know in the form of a uh, of an adoption and and uh, my brother was not much for that and uh, of course i was 10 and i heck yeah i'll, I'll listen well to be honest with you very few people know this my 
adopted dad is my oldest brother. So that's how that all came to be. And uh, we had to become, we had to be adopted because he was in the Air Force. And if he were to be transferred anywhere overseas, we wouldn't have been able to go unless uh, we were adopted. And so anyway, we went through all of that and Ben and I were adopted. And Ben ended up uh, joining the Army. And of course I stayed and went on to school and sure enough, we were uh, transferred uh, to Shreveport, Louisiana, to Barksdale Air Force Base and a couple other places. And uh, I guess by that time I was up about 14 can't really remember those years, but anyway, I got in a fight one day at school, and uh, the fight turned out to be with the base commander's son. And uh, you know, we got we got a little bit of the pushing solved, and the promise to meet on the corner of his yard and finish it, <laughs> and we did. And I lucked up and won the fight, and about month and a half, two months later, we were on the airplane going to Nusur, Morocco, Nusur Air Force Base. Africa. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll never forget my dad looking over. We were in the air and he leaned over and he said, you reckon this trip has anything to do with that bloody nose you gave that boy? <laughs> and I said, I hope so. <laughs> but anyway, we had a wonderful time. And that was, that was a time in my life where things, I could start seeing things and hearing things and talk to people and learn things that I never dreamt that I'd be able to do, you know, and, and, uh, it was the beginning of a very fun time in my life. How long did you live in Africa? Uh, we were there. My dad was stationed there for three years, which he had been there once before to uh, a base, Ben Greer Air Force Base. Uh, and, uh, so I guess we were there three years or a little better. Was Ben with you? No, Ben was in the Army. Ben beca- Ben went into the Army and then uh, became a, a trooper. So is he a lot older than you? Uh, no, he was. Uh, Ben's about four and a half years older. He was killed in Southeast Asia in uh, 1968. So if you were 10 when your mother died and you uh, were adopted around 10, Ben mm-hmm. would have been 14? He was 14 when we were But adopted. he couldn't go, but so he... Well, he, at that time, no, at that time, he was with us. He did stay with you. Right, and mm-hmm. he when he finished school, that's when he joined the Army. And that process of his life began then. Uh, and I get ahead of myself. I don't remember the years too good, you know, but... That, You've uh, got a job, you got a job uh, on well, the radio at, in, while you were in Africa. In, yes, and I, there was a man named Sergeant Bill Miller one of the neatest guys I've ever known in my life. And Bill had the voice of the Lord. He just had a beautiful male's voice, deep. And in those days on radio, a lot of people did. And Bill's favorite music was jazz. He loved jazz music. And uh, one day we were talking, I can't even remember, that we did a teenage show or something on the, and uh, he said, uh, Bob, you, you might could do that. So uh, we auditioned. He snickered, and I got the job. <laughs> of course, there was no pay in it, <laughs> you understand. And uh, then when we did start talking about part-time, Bill laughed, and he said, well, you're too country. Oh. Your, your voice is too country, but I'm going to use you. I said, okay. But Bill gave me the break in the radio that I thought would never come. How long did you do that? A couple of years, and then we transferred back to uh, to the states. And then you joined the navy. Well, I went on to school, and then I joined the navy uh, in Albany, Georgia. That's where they sent Dad back to uh, the Air Force Base there in uh, in uh, Albany, and uh, that's where when I got out of school, I went on in the navy. And when did you get out of the navy? <laughs> How old were you? When I got out, uh-huh. I was bumping 19. What a life from mm-hmm. 1 to 19, all of that happened. He lived a full life from 1 to 19. This is a great place to take a break. 
When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Little Rock, Arkansas legendary DJ, Mr. Bob Robbins. We'll talk about his career in radio, the celebrities he's met, the urban cowboy disco era, and his near-death experience when a hitman was hired to put an end to Bob and his business called BJ Star-Studded Honky Talk. We'll be right back after the break. Want to create excitement for your business or event? Do it with affordable advertising from Arkansas's flagandbanner.com. We have teardrop banners, retractable banners, and table drapes. We have street pole banners, museum and exhibit banners. We have custom flags, event tents, tailgating poles, auto graphics, and window scrim. And don't forget, welcome home and sale banners. Consult the experts at Arkansas's flagandbanner.com. Go online for a free quote or drop by our historic showroom at 800 West 9th Street in Little Rock. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagAndBanner.com. Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed, starting with door-to-door sales, then telemarketing, to mail order and catalog sales. And now a third of their sales come through the internet. And this past year, Flag and Banner added another internet feature, live chatting. Over time, Carrie's business and leadership knowledge grew. As early as 2004, she began sharing her knowledge in her weekly blog. And then in 2009, she founded the nonprofit Friends of Dreamland Ballroom. And in 2014, Brave Magazine, whose next publication is slated for October 2018, was launched. Today, she has branched out into radio with this very production, podcast, and live stream on Facebook. Each week on this show, you'll hear candid conversations between her and her guests about real-world experiences on a variety of businesses and topics that we hope you'll find interesting and inspiring. If you'd like to ask Carrie a question or share your story, send an email to questions at upyourbusiness.org. That's questions with an S at upyourbusiness.org or send her a message on flagandbanner.com's Facebook page. Thank you, Chris. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with the illustrious Mr. Bob Robbins, DJ and host of the Little Rock, Arkansas Morning Show on The Wolf, 105.5 FM, aptly called Home of Country Legends, where he is the perfect fit. I went to see a speaker last night, and you know what he said? He said that uh, if you want to know a person's heart, then hear what breaks their heart. Isn't that good? Mm, Very good. And truth. And very truthful. Um, before the break, we did talk about what breaks your heart. Your your whole life as a child, and how much you grew from one to from age one to nineteen, and all the things that happened to you that turned you into the man you were. By the time you were nineteen, I would say you were a full blown man. Um, but you moved to Little Rock sometime. How did you learn about that disc jockey job, disc what? jockey opening in Little Rock, and get here? When I got out of the Navy, I got a job uh, in Albany with a radio station WLYB. David Flagel was the man that owned the station and one heck of a nice man. And that's where I've been blessed in my whole career is that I have been touched and been able to be with people in management that knew what they were doing and that were good, honest, decent people. And that that helped me more than anything, to be honest with you. But anyway, David hired me and... uh, or you didn't make a lot of money in those days mm-hmm. in radio. Not that you do now. Yeah, I was about to <laughs> right, say. Chris? <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, anyway, uh, I was fortunate enough to, to stay there a while and then a job opening in a, a, another little town. And uh, they called and I auditioned and I got the job. And at that time, I worked at several small stations trying to build uh, a reputation and, and uh, a little name. And I ended up finally on a station in uh, Americas, Georgia, and uh, stayed there for quite a while. And and uh, Conway, uh, not Conway, wait, yeah, no, it was Conway. Uh, Conway Smith bought the radio station from a guy named Charlie Smith that I loved very much. That was a manager, and and uh, anyway, I worked there for uh, him for a while, and I got a call one morning from Wayne Moss. And Wayne was the program director at KAY here in Little Rock. And he had offered me a job a time or two and I'd always turn it down and not be able to move at that time. And 
that particular morning i said yes i'll take the job how come being just, silly just in the mood okay but when he said uh, bob are you serious and i said yeah and you go back you know i was married to uh, a lady named wanda and uh, it was one of those deals where everybody has them you know and mm-hmm. you think well the grass is greener on the other side and uh, i had a small son named ben and uh, he was the uh, first beat the first what the first beat of my heart oh, mm-hmm. and uh, but i saw it an early life as part of that life that things were going to have to change anyway i took the job in little rock and they came and we moved in to kaay and i started having so much fun loved it and i really did and it was so many grades up from the things that i had been doing and of course, we were doing remotes and going out on personal appearances and, you know, getting paid $40 to go do this when extra money, you know, mm-hmm. and just a lot of things that were happening that had never happened before. And I saw some of the opportunities that were there. If you wanted to work, it was available. And if you wanted to work and have fun and, and all, you could do good. And so we... Uh, started that way and how long did you work there at ky uh-huh. gosh eight nine years quite a while why'd you move to kissing if you were having so much fun well we were having fun but the station was owned by a company out of uh out of georgia well actually they were owned by a company out of uh pennsylvania and or it was somewhere. am wasn't it yeah yeah and a station uh, they were bought by a company out of georgia and anyway we ended up not agreeing with each other and and uh, they said, well, Bob, that door is right there. And I said, well, okay, I understand. You see what's on my back end? They said, yeah. I said, well, kiss it while I'm going out. So, <laughs> that, that is so that, Bob Robbins. That was not a, was not a happy ending. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it all worked out. Everything. You didn't have now. a job when you left? K- oh, K- no, that, mor- that morning I, I got fired, I didn't. How long but, was it before you got another job at Kissing? Well, I didn't get it. Oh, at Kissing. Kissing uh-huh. wasn't even on the air then. Oh, so what'd you do? Uh, Sold mobile homes. I went fishing. Oh, you went fishing. Yeah, and we, uh, when I got home, I had, uh, I don't remember, two or three messages, and I called one of those messages, and it was a friend of mine over at KARN. Oh. And uh, uh, Mr. Snyder was out of town, and they hired me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, so I, I worked there, I don't remember, two or three years and and enjoyed that a lot. And that's when Kissing moved in ah. uh, to town. And when I heard about the uh, possibilities of Kissing coming in to Little Rock, I really got excited mm-hmm. because that was the kind of programming that I had always thought about and dreamed about. And here it is, almost a reality. And Kirby Confer is uh, one of the original owners of Kissing. And uh, he made contact with me, and and uh, anyway. Yeah, uh, so we went it, from AM radio to FM radio around that same time. Right. Well, the FM radio, that's when the FM radio started making its move, and mm-hmm. people, you know, people would say, what do you think about that? That stereo going to work, or... You it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like satellite radio now. It is, and satellites, satellites building. The only difference with satellites, you pay for it. Mm-hmm. Of course, those days you didn't, and now even now you don't pay for the FM. And people program. worried satellite radio was going to take over FM radio, but right. there's it's, always a niche for FM. It, it seems like you know, well, radios just it, all aspects of radio. It's, uh, I, I worry about where it's going and the things that we're doing. But radio will always be here. You worry about it because it's leaving it, it's it's losing its personality and moving towards corporate, or why do you worry about it? Well, you know, there's lots of changes that always happen, and changes are going to happen. And some of them I don't agree with, some I do, but that's just like politics or anything else. Well, there used to be a lot of small radio stations, and then now they've all consolidated into three major ones. Is that about it? How many? They're coming in companies and. You know, I think that's even taking a turn now and going another way. But things move fast now. The equipment changes move fast now. And and uh, I love radio still. But in my situation, 
it won't be that long before I say, hey, let's go fishing every day, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But I've got so line. many friends that are coming up in this business that I want them to be able to see how much fun radio really can be mm-hmm. and how much fun you can have and the talent and stuff that you can meet in this business. And uh, you know, I'm this, afraid they never will be this able This station to. that we're on, KABF, I think it harkens back to those times. I it's, do too. It's, 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 it's a, a wonderful a, public radio station here that people need to donate to. Well, it's to. a needed it's a needed facility in our town mm-hmm. or any town. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they get programming here they don't get anywhere else. And that's, that's another thing. You know, when I was first starting in radio, it was what we call block programming which meant, you know, you might play an hour worth of gospel music, and then you might go and play an hour and a half, two hours worth of country music. Then you might have a three-hour pop show in the afternoon. You broke broke your clock down and uh, did what we call block radio, and it was very successful. And uh, Well, you also did a outdoor Bob Robbins Outdoor. Didn't yeah. you do TV for a while? Yeah, we did. We were really did you like lucky. that? I loved it. You like doing TV? Yeah. Well, I, I I loved working with the people that I got to work with. Why you? Why did it? How? What happened to it? Well, I it just, just ran uh, its course. Yeah, you know, and uh, that was a we had to pay for that, and I had, oh. uh, you know, I mentioned to you, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but I mentioned I had a wife named Wanda, and of course Wanda and I uh, are still dear friends, and. Uh, visit with each other but in the processes of these 42 years past I I met the love of my life and Mm -hmm. and of course she's been it ever since you know and that's Susan and anyway uh, Susan and I talked about this TV endeavor and uh, she said Bob I don't care what you do but don't come to the bank meaning her (laughs) <laughs> saying you need money to pay for this show because we don't have it. <laughs> I said, okay. So uh, that was a, a strict deal. Real. You know, as long as the show paid for itself. So it was your idea. It was your idea to start this TV show. Oh, yeah. And what, what, what channel was it on? Um, Tom, yeah, on Channel 4. On Channel 4. So it was your idea to start this Bob Robbins Outdoor. Yeah, I went to Channel 4 and we sat down. Pitched and it. Pitched it to him and talked to him and Tom, Brandon and uh, Dave, a lot of people over there, they liked the idea, and we put it together. How long did it run? Uh, quite a while. I can't really remember how many. But it wasn't profitable enough to keep doing? Yeah, we did real well with it, but then uh, when, when the bottom fell out of everything. When? When? What year would that be? 2008 or before that? Yeah, the last. Uh, about 2008, the banking crisis? Yeah. Well, oh, okay. well, the money, you know, the money got tight mm-hmm. with everybody, and anyway, uh, I just felt like, you know, but in the meantime, Joe uh, Cates, a friend of mine that I worked with at, at uh, the station, he uh, he became a salesman for me, and he and I carried the show. He did the selling, and I did the the work, you know, broadcasting, putting it together, and all. And and old Marcy over at Channel Four, I love that man. He was my. Uh, you love lots of people. Well, this guy was he. Every week, he made a show look good makes you look good with yeah what, no wonder you with love what he had to work with you know what i mean <laughs> and it just he still works at channel four i believe he's okay. been there for ever and ever and just a great human being well, but anyway that uh, anyway that was the time for me to say now's you know, the time well time was right to quit. let's think about it right well you are a hard-working so, man you're on the radio all morning and then you do tv commercial and then you do a shoot a commercial i mean i shoot a tv spot on the weekends, I guess. I don't know when you find time to do all that. But this is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Little Rock, Arkansas's legendary DJ, Mr. Bob Robbins. In this next segment, we'll get the inside scoop on the assault, trial, and conviction of the hitmen that almost killed him and how he graciously forgave one of them. And we'll talk about Bob's entrepreneurial insight when he capitalized on the urban cowboy disco craze of the 80s and opened BJ's star-studded honky-tonk with partner Bill MacArthur, whose wife was tragically murdered around the same time Bob was attacked. The MacArthur cake was and still is the most meticulously documented homicide in the history of Little 
Little Rock Police Department. But first, I want to remind everyone we're broadcasting live every Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. Central Time on both KABF 88.3 FM, The Voice of the People, and FlagandBanner.com's Facebook page. And that after one week of every show's airing, a podcast is made available on all popular listening sites and YouTube. Arkansas Flag and Banner is proud to underwrite Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. McCoy began this broadcast with the intention of offering a mentoring platform for those with an entrepreneurial spirit. Through candid conversations and interesting interviews with business and community-minded Arkansans, listeners gain insight into starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people. Carrie McCoy, founder and president of Arkansas Flag and Banner, believes in paying knowledge and experience forward and developed this radio show as a means of doing so. The biographies, life experiences, and wisdom of her guests would likely go unheard if not for this venue. Rarely do people open up for an hour to an audience about their life mistakes, triumphs, and pitfalls. This unique radio show allows the listener intimate access into the stories of prominent leaders in our state. I'm Adrienne McNally, manager of the Arkansas Flag and Banner Showroom and Gift Shop, located on the first floor of the historic DeVorean Hall on the corner of 9th and State Streets in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas. In business for 43 years, we offer an old school shopping experience with front door parking, clerks to help you, and department store variety. Open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5.30, and Saturday, 10 to 4. Flagandbanner.com is proud to underwrite Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. This weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners firsthand insight into starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people shared in a conversational interview with Carrie. Along with this radio show, Flagandbanner.com publishes a free biannual magazine called Brave. First published in October 2014, this magazine features everyday people's real-life stories of bravery. Its goal, to inspire you to celebrate your own bravery and challenge you to recognize it in others. The Department of Arkansas Heritage recognized Brave Magazine's documentation of American life and microfiches all editions for the Arkansas State Archives. Brave Magazine will be in your mailbox and hitting newsstands October 2018. Free subscriptions and advertising opportunities are available at flagandbanner.com by selecting Magazine, where you can read previous stories and learn about advertising opportunities. Thank you, Chris. Doesn't he have a great voice? He does. I know. <laughs> sure. He don't need bottle when he reads. Somebody, well, it's been a few times. Now, how many times has you done the show with me? Uh, five, I think. Yeah, so he's practiced five times. It would done it 25 i'd still be tripping <laughs> no you wouldn't you're listening to up in your business with me carrie mccoy and i'm speaking today with the legendary mr bob robbins dj and host of little rock arkansas's morning show on the wolf 105.5 fm aptly named home of country legends where he is a perfect fit if you've got questions make a comment on flagandbanner.com's facebook page or write this number down and call that would be 501-433-0088. Give it again, Chris. 501-433-0088. And if you're shy, you can just creep on my weekly blog about life as a small business owner at flagandbanner.com, or as I said earlier, listen to our podcast. I want to take this opportunity to give a big shout out and thank you to Centennial Bank for partnering with the Friends of Dreamland Ballroom and sponsoring this year's Dancing into Dreamland, which is Friday, November the 2nd. And it's turning out to maybe be our first sold-out event. That's some more people that are mighty nice. Centennial Bank. Oh, they are, aren't they? Yes, they they are. They are good people. They have really been good to Arkansas Flag and Banner, I'll tell you that. They've been a partner of mine for a long, long time. I've been blessed to do some work with and for them, and I'm Mm -hmm. telling you, they are out of this world kind and good people. Mm -hmm. During the first segment of this show, we talked about your life growing up. You've had a hard life till you were you grew up, you lived a whole life till you were 19. During the second part, we talked about uh, your career as a uh, as a radio personality in Little Rock and another whole life you lived in those doing that. And now we want to talk about your stint as an entrepreneur. You took advantage of the urban cowboy craze that was going on, the disco craze, and opened up BJ's star-studded honky-tonk on I-30 in southwest Little Rock, and it was a huge success. You opened it in 1981, mm-hmm. 
but it was in 19 with the partners bill like i said bill MacArthur and james nelson right when you opened it you left the country cowboy country club right? country club mm-hmm. on roosevelt right and opened up your own place with your two partners mm-hmm. and it made bob trout mad and he hired is that right yeah and yeah, he yeah. okay and he hired a hitman he, he got some feathers <laughs> Flying, I'll tell you. Yes, it did. And you, uh, and he hired a hitman to take you out. Tell right. us how that happened. Well, you know, first of all, in, in, in my whole life, I, I have loved country music and top 40 music. And um, I, I realized when I was going into country that that's what I wanted more than anything that I'd ever done in my life. And like I told you earlier, I saw the possibilities of what could be done with country music. At that time, I didn't think of nightclubs, but it didn't take long, and I got to thinking of those things. You know, my eyes were, like Mama used to tell me, when you put too many taters on the plate, you know, you, you stump, your eyes are bigger than your stomach. <laughs> and uh, you'd have stuff left over. Well, I was that way. I didn't have the money to open these clubs and do the things that I wanted to do. So I went to doing some nightclub work. Uh, one of the sweetest friends I've ever had, uh, Don Thomas, who owned a place called One-Eyed Jacks. And uh, I started working for him and doing some disco and just having a blast, you know. And and being the kind of guy that Don was, he was like a brother, but he was also a person that would be there to help you, you know. What, what, what do we need to go out and play these dances? What do we need to... Uh, to uh, make money how much should we charge what and so we put all this together and on a shoestring and a prayer you know we started getting stuff together i say we it was don that got it together and and he would let me use that equipment and of course we started doing these dances and having so much fun all around the state so when the country when i went into the country part with uh, with kissing and it wasn't long, I'm trying to remember, a year or so, if that long, Urban Cowboy broke loose. The movie. Right. And that was with Mickey Gilly. And in my life, that's what I always was. You know, I loved hats. I loved boots. I loved jeans. I loved Western clothes with, with uh, pearl snaps and pretty uh, drawings on them or whatever, you know, just... Western, that was that was what I was. And people used to say, do you play country and Western? And I, you know, yeah, I did play country and Western. Two different things, but it all goes together. Anyway, when we got uh, BJ's going, it just happened. Uh, Bill and James approached me one night and we began talking about going into business with a nightclub that Arkansas had never seen the likes of before. And uh, we shared our views on things that we would like to have done or would like to see done and the decor, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember telling them, boys, all I care about, we gotta have a big dance floor. We don't want it real fancy, but we want it clean. We want it nice, but uh, we don't need chiffon stuff on table for tablecloths strobe lights if, yeah if we're lucky uh, you know we can get some uh, what are they call uh, tablecloths and anyway that's how bj's was born and the ladies uh, of uh, the wives of all of us talked about it and we put the dream together and pied for it and lucky enough we got a permit and away we went not, boy you not, really went away too not, man it was a not huge knowing success what to do you know but just going on the way that things that we loved and uh, like you know we had a horse uh bucking painted on the wall well i love the rodeos i love to go and i love watching bucking horses and i loved watching bull riding i loved watching those things and uh not only I, but James and all of us did. So that was pretty easy for our club to, to pick up a theme. And that's how we began. And 
So we were doing uh, real well, and I'll never forget the first night we opened. Probably the most exciting time of my whole life because so many people were there, and we had to turn them away. And it had always been my dream to have Hank Williams Jr. play for us, for me. Did he? Yes. And well, yeah, $50,000 worth (laughs) he played. How many... BJ's was huge, and yeah. you had to turn people away. So how many oh, people will BJ's hold? Uh, don't hold me to this, but seems like it would hold thirty five hundred or thirty nine hundred, something like that. Four thousand people, or close to it. And uh, we had people turn, and, and uh, no, he did not play the opening night. Oh, okay. He played like I don't remember two, three weeks later uh, when we got in there. Good, but anyway. The fire marshal, I was going out the front door and I saw the fire marshal come in. And he made a pass through and he came back with his back to the crowd and he said, Bob, I'm gonna step outside the door. Do not let another soul in this club. And every time two people come out, the next two that come will let one person in till we get the number down, you are in a very, very dangerous situation. And uh, he said, if you let another person that, in that's over the number that I'm telling you, we'll close the door. Mm-hmm. Well, really, you don't want that. No. So uh, we did what we could and got it, got the crowd down. And that's the way that the, the club was for a long, long time. And the night we played Hank Jr., it was probably twice as bad. And uh, that's the way the, the people came. And when we would book, and that was a dream that I'd always had too. Mm-hmm. We'll book names that people will recognize. We'll bring uh, names in that are up and coming, that are good artists. And uh, uh, hopefully it will. So will Bob Trout was jealous. Uh, yes, ma'am. So well, how did he How did he have someone come attack you? And how well, he, there were several ways. You've been he, in business like a year, I think, when he decided to put an end to it. Well, he's not even that long. He started uh, uh, with, you know, wanting to sue us for copyright things and et cetera, et cetera. And, of course, that was all handled and taken care of. It was just a long process. And then one night uh, when I got off work and walked out the door, uh, I was uh, approached by a person, and uh, uh, that first night I got out and they had uh, cut my tires, and I had a bad, I had a flat tire off of a bad tire, which I really thought was just happened, you know. And the second night is the night that uh, the boy approached with a bat, and I never thought nothing, and next thing I knew. Uh, I was on the sidewalk. That bat had uh, crushed you know, your face. Crushed my face, and uh, he, of course, broke and ran. And as it all shook out and turned out, there were like four people that played in it. Actually, five, and uh, but one person that actually did the swinging and with a bat and all the other stuff. But. Uh, Bob had hired those people as it was proven in court. And he said either kill him or make it so he can never speak again. Yeah, that's what they had said. That they but you told. forgave the young man, that the, mon- the man that swung the bat and hit you. Yes, you you I, forgave I him in court. I you did. asked for leniency. I did. And, uh, you know, the that whole situation, I don't really know how I want to try to explain it or how to explain it. You know, this fella, and I'm not going to call his name because I pray that he has done what I wanted him to do, and that is to become a, a citizen that could get by in life and, and do stuff the right way. And his brother uh, and his aunt might have been his mother, but they were so sweet and kind to me. And his brother is the reason that he was turned in. He took him and, and uh, took him to, to the county jail and had him tell the story. And uh, I just, I, I had so much respect for them. Number one, 
you know, taking your brother and knowing you're going to go to, to the penitentiary for what he's done and his mother or his aunt and they've knowing the same and still still stood on the right principle of life. Wow, that's great. You know, it is. That so, is right. That's great. You know, it became where I had a lot of love and respect for them. And it also went, I wanted to help. So how long did he do in penitentiary? How long? He was down there about two years. That's pretty good. What happened to Bob Trout? He went to the penitentiary. How long was he? He was, uh, I believe, sent down there for like 12 years, and I don't remember Is he, how much time that he served there. So who found you on the parking lot? Uh, the guard that worked at the station when after uh, they hit me, and I went back inside. And Oh, you went back inside? Yeah, yeah, I got up and uh, walked back. I thought in you the couldn't door. breathe. You had to be trached. Well, that was, that was later at the hospital. Oh. Yeah, that was true. But uh, I got back inside, and of course, uh, when he looked up, he said, oh, my God. Uh, and uh, he got ambulances and police. Got you to the hospital. And, yeah. How long were you in the hospital? Uh, well, when I got to the hospital, they did all their tests and the stuff they had to do. And I'm not going to lie to you, that's some of the worst pain, probably. Really? Pain but, meds uh, couldn't even stop it? No, not at that time. And uh, he got his money's worth on that part. but. <laughs> They, uh, you know, the medical people, they took me to Baptist Hospital, and they were just tremendous. I can't tell you how kind and how good that hospital treated me and my family and how well they got, how quickly they got me back up. But you were in there for three weeks. Well, that was the first time. Oh. Uh, once, Once they found out what all was wrong and... And all we had to wait for swelling to go down and then the surgery and then I stayed and then we had to come back and, you know, they pulled the, what they call the apparatus where they had uh, put my face back together oh. and uh, didn't make me look like Robert Redford. But anyway, they, they did <laughs> a, a tremendous me. job, cons- you know, what they had to work with. And anyway, uh, I just it, it was a it, it was a took a lot of time and you got to understand when you when you're in those situations you're awfully bitter at first really awfully bitter and as time wore on i looked at it in in uh, different eyes you know i remember someone uh, that i loved a whole lot uh patting my hand an old lady and she said just always ask yourself what would Jesus do? Well, you think about it, you know what he did. Forgave. You betcha. And you also know what he went through to forgive. And you know what he went through to say, my God, my God, they know not what they do. So we went on and we went through the court system and and, uh, some of it worked fine, some of it don't. Uh, But all of the participants, they went to the penitentiary and got their time and then when they started the parole system in their favor they i would go to the court and tell them what i thought and uh and you asked for leniency i and did forgive them i did so that's how the recovery affected you it made it deepened your faith well you know i have always been been brought up with knowing that there is a is a supreme being that controls everything that we do in our lives. And I believe that with all my heart. Uh, I don't believe that people just come here and die and go away. You know, everybody has the right to believe, but that did the way they want to. But that is what got me through my life, all my life. A purpose-driven life. You bet you for everything. And I just, uh, you know, my children came to me for a reason. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a one of them planned. Mm-hmm. But they all came, and uh, Susan, she came into my life for a reason. Mm-hmm. And that reason has been to be the lady and wife that she's been all these years and put up with the foolishness that I mm-hmm. dish out. And You, know, you have and, a lot of lives, brother. But, uh, so, okay, all this is happening to you and your partner at BJ's, not long after you get beat up, 
his wife has a car bomb placed in her car that she escapes Mm -hmm. with just minor scratches. And then she, uh, and then she is murdered in her home in West Little Rock. She was. And everybody thinks these are linked together. Well, there's lots of so-called theories and opinions and, you know, I'll be straight up with you. Opinions are like rear ends. Everybody's got one. Uh, I don't know how much all of the stuff is tied in. I do believe and have always believed that there are avenues to all of it. Uh, there were a lot of people that were jealous, as you were saying, and just a lot of stupid, crazy things that happened that shouldn't have ever happened and didn't need to happen. Alice MacArthur is one of the funniest, sweetest, and one of the most decent women that I ever knew in my whole life. I love her, and all of us loved her. Mm-hmm. She was, uh, the only way I know to tell you, you'd have had to have known her to have been able to appreciate. She was, uh, a, there were flowers delivered. She answered the door at four o'clock one afternoon, and mm-hmm. there were flowers delivered to her. Someone was del- under the pretense that flowers were being right. delivered. It was a July 4th weekend. Yes. Or coming up on a July 4th weekend. Right. And, um, and she answered the door, and she, we don't really know what happened, but when yes, your partner, do. you do? We what? know what happened. Well, well, we know what we were told. You know, they offered her the flowers, and he pulled the pistol or had the pistol under the flowers, and she took off running and went upstairs. What happened from there, we don't know. There's different stories. Of course, the court records are available to anybody that wants to read them, uh, but Alice was brutally murdered. And they found and, her in the closet where she yeah, ran she tried to hide. And, mm-hmm. uh, we all have our thoughts of that, and... Uh, but, you know, Alice was the kind. She she, she didn't run, but yeah. she ran that time mm-hmm. because she... Running for her life. Running for her life and her children's life. So uh, for people that don't know Little Rock, which, Chris, you probably don't know about this crime, but it was a huge, huge subject for, I don't know, a long, long time. And they finally convicted uh, Mary Orsini, right. who had mental health problems yeah did you know her i knew mary Uh, Mm -hmm. well Well, when i say i knew her we weren't uh, we weren't you know we didn't walk around holding hands but but i knew her it (laughs) was high yeah uh how are you today that kind of stuff well she died in prison she was convicted and she died in prison and when she uh and before her death she confessed to hiring the hitman that killed her husband she right. confessed to killing her husband in bed, her, her late husband. She'd been married three times, but her last one she killed in bed. And she confessed to hiring the hitmen that um, killed Bill MacArthur's wife, oh, Alice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because she thought there was some romantic, I guess, romantic. Yeah. I, you know, Bill was an attorney, and he was her attorney. I, I don't know anything about the she got some romantic ideas mm-hmm. that if she could get Alice out of the way, he might be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, delusional. She was completely delusional. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, I, you know, like you say, she came to her senses and confessed everything that she had done, uh, they say. And, uh, you know, after, after all of that stuff, and, you know, I, I looked and I, I saw. Uh, three children that I have and I realized they were all little at the time and I'll never forget uh, my daughter and Robert my youngest son hating and saying they hated Bob Trout oh that broke my heart I never wanted to hear I hate you coming out of a two-year-old's mouth mm-hmm. you know that you could hardly understand, but you could understand what that child was saying, you know. Or, and that's where I, I think in my mind, I started trying to turn my life to make my children realize 
there's things in life that you're not gonna like, but you are gonna hate, but you don't, you gotta find a different way to, to say it, I guess. I don't know what I'm. Yeah, you, you know, got, you, 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 you it, that the hate will only hurt you. That's right. It just, hate it's never, insidious. hate never does anything good for you or the people that you are They say it's like uh, taking poison. It's like, uh, hate is like, uh, taking poison and thinking it's going to hurt the other person. Yeah. I think that's the way they yeah. say that. But it don't. It doesn't. It doesn't. And that hate, you just, I don't know. I just don't have room for hate. Well, Bill MacArthur's gone. Is your other partner gone also, Nelson? No, no, I haven't spoken with James in quite a while, but last I heard, he was still kicking, and I'm sure I would have heard if he, <laughs> if he had gone a different way. I want to tell everybody that you're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Mr. Bob Robbins, DJ and host of Little Rock, Arkansas Morning Show on The Wolf 105.5 FM. You can hear him probably not tomorrow morning because it's Saturday, but Monday morning you'll probably be back down there at the station, won't yes, you? Yes, I will. I figured you would be. I'll have all my clothes on. Too. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about a lot of stuff. we talked about... For people just tuning in, we talked about your life as a young man, full life as a young man. We talked about your full life as a radio career. We talked about your full life as an entrepreneur at BJ's and how all of this has turned you into this religious person who believes in forgiveness and has deepened your love for mankind because you understand that that's important. How many lives do you think you have, Bob? Because you ride horses and motorcycles. As many as God lets me have, I'm going to take advantage of it. <laughs> so are you still out for hire for special events? I know you and I have done some uh, remote broadcasting together. Do you still do that? Yeah, I'm out every Saturday. I'll be out tomorrow. And where are you I'm going? I'll be giving a or do you truck mean? or a car away, your choice. Oh, nice. If you are qualified and your name's drawn, you can either pick the Lincoln or the F-150 Ford pickup truck. I'd love both of those. And that's going to be at the Clarity Ford. Now, you have to be already drawn and qualified, except we'll draw one more tomorrow. You know, McClarty and Landers are the business partners. And guess who's on the radio next week? Because that's just a perfect segue into who's on the radio next week, Chris. Well, that's going to be Steve Landers from oh, Chrysler right. Dodge <laughs> Jeep Ram. He says about me. Don't you ask him no questions. <laughs> I love talking to you, Bob, yeah. always. We always meet up. I was telling everybody at the beginning of the show, we always meet up on Flag Day out on the iHeart uh, parking lot to give out flags. So next July, we'll be together again. Or oh, we're close to being over. Is it June? Yeah, we are. Why? Well, because I just wanted to say thank you. You're welcome. Uh, for letting me come. You know, the subject that we're talking about is not one that we can cover in an hour. No. I know that I personally spent weeks in court on my particular issue, and and I know that Bill and and his family and friends they were in court for a long time. And it's not, it's not a story that you can uh, capture in a book. Uh, you know, it's going to take a long time. And I remember a lady named Jan Means. It's a very sweet lady in person. But she uh, wanted to talk to me, and I had to tell her. I said, you know, Jan, it's like everybody has opinions. And what happened in my situation, I'm not going to talk to about it. But at that time, it was, of course, way back when she was wanting to write a book and I said there's so many things that will probably come out or surface that happened or didn't happen and you know I just don't want any of the people that I love with half truths yeah. told on them or, opinions yeah yeah opinions did you and read her book no I never read it and, uh, but like I say, I, I think, think it's called world, Murder in Little Rock or something. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the uh, world of her. Uh, so man, you don't know if she got her. If you, you know, it's just opinion. Know it's Nobody right knows what's right. That's yeah. the thing about it. Well, the things that you know that we that were involved in it that we know is right. I don't feel I have the right to walk around and, and talk about that about Alice. Or about someone that was involved myself mm -hmm. yeah you can talk about bob trout all day long that's right and <laughs> i will you know mm -hmm. the things that i know that he did and was responsible for mm -hmm. i have to say bob trout when i was an employee of his nicest person in the world never had a crossword with him or anything but uh, that was then 
Mm-hmm. So I got you a gift. Thank you for saying that. I got you a gift. Look, it's coasters with a cowboy and a flag oh, on coasters. Thank you. They said it looks like you, Bob, yeah. with a hat on. I tell you what, it, it's the things that I love. I'll it tell is. you that. The flag, yeah. country music, cowboy York. hat, cowboy clothes. I'm kind of like a president. I don't. I don't take a knee. <laughs> I, I never have. I never will. Thank you, Bob and Thank Chris, you. for joining me today and my listeners today. You've been so sweet to let me be here, and Thank I appreciate you. it. Yo, you're welcome. To our listeners, thank you for spending time with us. If you think this program's been about you, you're right, but it's also been for me. Thank you for letting me fulfill my destiny. My hope today is that you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening, and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up in Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. You've been listening to Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of flagandbanner.com. If you miss any part of the show or want to learn more about UIYB, go to flagandbanner.com and click on Radio Show or subscribe to her weekly podcast wherever you like to listen. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week with links to resources you heard discussed on today's show. Carrie's goal to help you live the American dream.